Welcome to Buffalo Game Day Recap, the Christmas edition. AJ came dressed. I missed the memo. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, Thad Brown along with AJ Feldman. Bills get past the Chargers 24-22. was not, not the prettiest or easiest of wins. Not nearly as easy as we all thought or expected. But AJ, it's a W, and we've talked about the last couple of weeks. The Bills are kind of surviving in advance right now anyway. Yeah, they got a win. They needed a win. They got one. It wasn't pretty. You know, it's the type of game where you could almost expect this sort of a quote unquote letdown. You know, they they beat the Chiefs, they they beat the Cowboys, they they're on top of the world, you know, they're hearing everybody's praises. They they like to say it doesn't get to them, but you know, they hear that, you know, and they know that they're playing really well and they're facing a team that has a backup quarterback, just gave up 63 points. It's a short week. You're on the road, going west coast, primed for a letdown, and it kind of was, but luckily for the Bills. The letdown didn't result in a loss, and, you know, they keep chugging on towards the playoffs, and now they officially control their playoff destiny. And, and you know, the thing about the end of this game, you know, or, or at least we'll start with the, the good side of this, is that there were so many guys who kind of made little gritty plays to get them over the line here. I mean, primarily it's Josh Allen leading a go-ahead field goal drive, but it's Stephon Diggs, who seemed like he was not 100%, um, making a couple catches on that drive. A little bit Joe Brady. You know, I did like the play they opened that drive with, with the fake pitch and then throw the Doss Knox over the middle. You know, teams always say, guys always say, in those two-minute spots, when you get that first first down, that's what really gets it going. Well, they had a nice play to get that two-minute drive rolling. And then on defense, it was, you know, Ed Oliver, the sack. There were a variety of guys. I mean, every single time the Bills kept the Chargers out of the end zone, it added up to where they only needed three at the end to win the game. So, there were a lot of different pieces. No, no one was an A-plus today, but there were a lot of B-pluses and, and Bs that kind of got the Bills you know, over the line to where you didn't have to rely on Josh Allen to be magnificent to win this game. Yeah, when I really kind of looked back big picture at this game after it was all said and done, you know, they, they made the Chargers settle for five field goals in this game. That's pretty ridiculous. You know, their only touchdown drive they gave up was 27 yards. Granted, it's Easton Stick, no Keenan Allen. The offensive line is a mess, et cetera, et cetera. Austin Eckler is, you know, on everybody's fantasy's bench if, if he was able to get them to the championship game. But still, to, to bend and not break, to, you know, shore up in the red zone, and, you know, any one of those drives turns into a touchdown, we're talking about a much different situation here. You know, that that's quite a performance from a red zone defense that, you know, still – had some guys going in and out, you know, nobody left the game completely, but wasn't, you know, none of those guys were probably at a hundred percent, you know, it's a, it's a pretty gritty effort from them. Give Ed Oliver some credit too. You know, when, when you talk about all the guys that they had to shuttle in and out, you got to be able to rely on someone. And Leonard Floyd wasn't super in this game, but Oliver was. And, and when they needed someone to finish the game off, you know, Ed, Ed said afterwards, Sean McDermott told them on the sideline before the last drive, um, we need a sack to end the game. Oliver's like, I said, okay. And, and he just went out there and did it. And, it was fun to talk to him about the end of the game. You know, if you want to, you can find it on my Twitter feed, Thad Brown 7, where um, Oliver, or my X feed, where Oliver said that earlier in the game, he had drawn a hold on a move he did on the Chargers center. So he's, he said to himself, okay, I know that works. I'm going to save that for later. And that's what he pulled out on that end of game drive. The same move beat him again. So he Ed said he beat the brakes off the guy. And he's not wrong. He just, he owned him there. And, you know, you need players like that to finish games other than Josh Allen, other than, you know, the, the, the safeties who've been doing it um, for a long time on the Bills defense, Carl Jones and I've talked about it for a while. Defensively, you need dudes and they haven't had dudes show up a lot. 
They did uh, a couple weeks ago against the Chiefs late, and they did again in this game, and it was it was the guys up front. It's the, the point is the only dudes the Bills really have left are Oliver and Floyd and that defensive line, and they shut down the Chiefs game, and they finished off this one too. Yeah, the, the front four wasn't great all night long. They didn't really get a ton of pressure. You saw Sean McDermott have to bring – extra guys which which worked for the most part but did give them in some situations where you know you can only cover guys so long when you know the 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 pressure doesn't get there but yeah i mean you know we talk about all these games you know 13 seconds the eagles games this that and you know the other you just think man we just need one play one play would have got it done a stop uh you know a squib etc etc well, they got it, especially when the other team doesn't have any timeouts. Ed Oliver makes a sack. Congratulations. The game's over. You're flying home with the win. You're at nine and six, and you don't have to chalk this up as the Easton stick game, the Cameron Dicker game where he hits a 70-yard field goal to win it. You know, there's no name of this game. You just forget it. We move on, and, you know, we got two games left in the season. Offensively, I think, is where, where I get a lot of the negative from this game. I guess you could you could look at the defense who made Easton Stick look functional and, and maybe actually pretty decent and, and complain about that. But, um, you know, the, the Chargers do have, you know, a decent weapon in Eckler, and, and I, their secondary receivers aren't terrible. You know, to me, the, the offense was the thing that kind of eyebrow raised it to me. You know, I mean, in the first half, they had one drive and one lightning strike touchdown to Gabe Davis. So it wasn't like they were moving the ball. And then the, the big complaint I have in the second half is I thought they they hung with James Cook too long. They hung with the running game too long in a game that was very much up for grabs to where I'm on the sideline thinking, you know, look, uh, Joe Brady, just so you know, you guys need a few plays here. This is where you have 17, you know, take care of it. This is where you have 17, you know, um, finish it off for you. And I thought they hung with the run a little too long. What, uh, what drive are you kind of talking about or, you know, sequence maybe with, with the James Cook stuff there? So um, certainly the fact they ran it at all in the last drive, I, I get it. It was a first down after the the Dawson Knox play, but I, I didn't have a, a, I didn't like that one at all. Let me fire mm -hmm. up the, uh, the uh, box score here because it wasn't just thinking it then, you know, it, it felt like the run had kind of run its course for, you know, late in the second half of this game. Let me go back to the drive before the last one. Well, the drive before that was one <laughs> or a fumble. Yeah. Um, Clearly they stuck with him too long on that drive. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Um, so I guess we go run for five, run for six, called back on the trip, hold, and then that drive is dead. And they scored the touchdown the drive before with a little bit of cook, but it was mostly throwing the ball. So, I, you know, I guess maybe the, the feeling didn't match up with what was actually happening there. Um, I guess let me, let me go back and make sure it's just the one play on the last drive. Cook for the run. He had another one on that drive too. So he carried twice on first downs. And, you know, both times it put the Bills in a, in a second and long, you know, so then it was running the clock out. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, I guess it wasn't as many snaps as I would have originally thought to where like, oh, you, you this is terrible. But regardless, um, I didn't, like I said, I didn't, I didn't have confidence in the run game winning this for the Bills. I wanted Josh Allen to have the ball. And I thought there were at least two or three plays at the end there that I would have rather been passes than run. Yeah, I mean, and certainly just looking at the numbers, James Cook, he carried the ball 20 times, only had 70 yards. You know, it's, it's not good production, especially when you got Josh Allen only throwing the ball 21 times. That's, you know, a ratio where, yeah, you know, when it's working against the Cowboys, sure, it's great, you know, keep running, keep running, keep running. But, you know, like like we all talked about in the past week, they weren't exactly planning on running James Cook that much. It was just working so well. Today, they kind of ran him just as much, and it was not nearly as effective.
And last week's game against the Cowboys with the exception of the rule. Now, could it become a, a thing that they rely on more in the future? Sure. And I thought that was, it was, I mean, the second touchdown drive was basically all runs. So I think the Bills did prove again in this game that they can go to that as a second option off of, you know, Josh Allen throwing the ball. You can depend on it. But, you know, late in the game, I'd, I'd kind of lost my, my confidence and or interest in the Bills, you know, going that route. Um, you know, beyond that, let, let's do the Gabe Davis conversation quick and quick because, look, this is who he is. You know, like that, I'm not going to, oh, look, Gabe Davis had 130 yards and a touchdown. He's, he's great. Go to him. He's, no, no, look, this is what he's been. You know, he could very easily throw up a zero again next week. Cool that you have this guy, that he can go four of seven weeks or whatever it is with zeros and then have this game where he more or less carries the offense for two-thirds of it. Cool. But this is no different than what we've seen from Gabe Davis. This is just Gabe Davis being Gabe Davis, and you got the good version of this game. No, and I think, you know, we know who Gabe Davis is at this point. I guess now the only real discussion point is, is kind of what do you do with him in the offseason when you need a wide receiver too? To, you know, it's it's a big draft year, but, you know, he's a guy that, is important to the offense. Obviously he's made plays. He's come up big. He's really good in the run game. He blocks really hard. He never leaves the field. Um, but you know, is this a guy that you want to invest cap dollars in when you don't have a lot of them, or do you get a rookie wide receiver, you know, have Khalil Shakir up his production and say, Hey, thank, Hey Gabe, thanks for the four touchdowns against the chiefs, you know, have a, you know, great life. See, Shakir is just not a guy that can take that role. What game? No, no. Yeah. Role. Yeah. And, and to answer your question, I wouldn't pay him just because I think he has too many of these upside games to not get a sizable contract. And for a team, I checked this today, they're currently 40 something million over the cap next year. You can't pay Gabe Davis what he's probably going to get on the open market and, and be able to have a the team you want to have next year. So right the second, no, I don't pay him. Yeah. I mean, someone's going to throw him a Christian Kirk contract, which yeah. doesn't look like a super bad contract. He's played well, but Kirk that's the mean, thing. Right? You just, yeah, Christian Kirk. Yeah. yeah. You just need one team to, you know, watch the Chiefs game too many times. And, you know, I'm sure the agent has that on speed dial, you know. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's a keyboard shortcut. Hey, do you remember he had four touchdowns against <laughs> the Chiefs? <laughs> he doesn't have to type it out anymore. But, no, you yeah. know, he's, he's a fine player. But, you know, the Bills just don't have enough room to pay fine players great money. How worried are you about Stephon Dix? You know, because this is like eight, nine, ten games where – he has, I think his last 100-yard game was the Giants game. Um, I, look, I, I don't want to say worried. And, and look, when they needed a play from him, they got the third down. And, and Josh Allen was definitely targeting him a ton on the last drive. But, you know, like if you have Stephon Diggs on a fantasy team, you've been very disappointed since like before Halloween. I, I don't think it's too far to say that you're worried about Stephon Diggs. You know, is he dealing with something that we don't know about? Very possibly, you know, you you kind of researched extensively, I believe it was last offseason, you know, age 30 year receivers, they they start to fall off a little bit because yeah, you can talk about double teams and shading productions, but it's not like he wasn't getting double teamed early in the season or shading coverage. You know, it, it happened last year, it happened the year before that. And, and when's the last time we've, you know, seen the the wow Stefan Diggs, you know, you know beautiful route you know you can just play it looping on end because it's just you know so great the, the only th kind of thing I could think about recently I think you know yeah he had a decent play against the Jaguars a couple the Dolphins game was obviously a phenomenal well, he, he had the big, the big one-handed catch at the end of the Cowboys game or maybe not the end like the third quarter the, that was a ridiculous catch yeah yeah I, I'm more talking about kind of like route running in general I got you. I know you're um, 
and on and, and the counterpoint of that, you talk about the ridiculous, you know, the crazy catches, you know, the routine catches haven't been routine for him lately. So is he dealing with something? Is it, you know, something to worry about? I think at this point, there, there's just so many, you know, the proof is in your production. And right now he's not producing it. Certainly the numbers that he's happy and expects of himself. Yeah. And, and I think you want to, I would, if I'm the Bills, I would hope to get a, a big Stephon Diggs game in one of these last two, just to feel like, remember, that's the fastball. You know, we've been spending a lot of time in this podcast and in others talking about finding the other thing. Well, that, that's your day. That's your A thing. That's your number one thing. And it hasn't really been, you know, number one thing for a while. Now the offense is successful, better. They only scored 24 points in this game. Um, but I mean, and, and really, you know, we get into that right now too. Um, you know, there's a lot of this game that looked like the old Ken Dorsey, you know, turnovers, penalties, you know, drives being stopped because the Bills were doing dumb things to themselves. And, it, you know, it almost, it almost cost them another football game. Yeah. You know, the, the, that first half, that first quarter, you know, I, I kind of jokingly said it here at the office, oh, they have no rhythm. The rhythm is gone. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the production, but, um, you know, rhythm is production, production is rhythm, et cetera. But they just could not get anything going. Now, granted, they get the Gabe Davis touchdown. That's one play. Does that lead to the next drive being successful? I don't know where they just two successful drives near each other. But still, you know, you start the game, punt, punt, punt. You're asking a lot on your defense. You're asking a lot of things to not go wrong. And when one thing goes wrong with Deontay Hardy fumbling a punt, now you're really behind the eight ball, 10, nothing against the team that, you know, you wanted to put away early and kind of, you know, just squash the hope out of them really quickly. So they lost two fumbles in this game. This was the first game since the, um, who did they play before the jets? Uh, uh, the Broncos. This was the first game since the Broncos game, I think, where the Bills did not recover all the fumbles in the game. So they had been really fortunate for a bunch of weeks. In a row. It might be actually another week beyond that. Let me look here. Cowboys, Chiefs, Eagles, Jets. Yeah, I think the Broncos was the last game. that there, like, there was a fumble in the game, and they didn't recover. They went four games in a row where whether they fumbled or the other team fumbled, the Bills recover them all. And fumbles tend to be, you know, very fortunate. You, just, you get a good bounce. And in this game, they didn't get the good bounces. And, and you saw how easily – you know, uh, a game where we thought the Bills were just going to roll turns into a struggle because they didn't get a few bounces. And then that's how football goes. I mean, even though the Bills were a 12-point favorite, these are still all professionals. And, you know, some of the Bills talked about it afterward. The, the Chargers still have professionals. They should be respected. And, you know, they earn some respect. But I, I kind of set that all up to, to go to you now. Are you more or less confident? We'll do this in two parts. More or less confident about the Bills' playoff chances after this win? The stats say, the New York Times percentages say, obviously, they went up. They're at like 75%, 80%. But do you feel better about it from the eye test part? I would say I feel exactly the same. Because this is a game that's in the Bills' repertoire. You know, like, nothing surprised them. Nothing, you know, this is a game that the Bills are. You know, did we really think that they became a perfect football team? They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Chiefs. They look feisty against the Eagles. Did we think that this wasn't in their back pocket? No, I don't think so. So if any, you know, maybe it makes me feel a little better that they escaped with a win, but th that's, this is the reason why I, I posed to, to somebody, would you rather guarantee, you know, give yourself a win against the Cowboys and try your luck at the Chargers or the Patriots or vice versa, 
give yourself a win against the Chargers and Patriots and press luck against the Cowboys just because it's two games and it's these Buffalo Bills and they do stupid things against bad teams and they allow them. So do you take the two gimme wins, even though, you know, the Cowboys is whatever. And it, it just really doesn't change my thinking at all, to be honest, because, you know, this is the Bills. And if anything, it's the Bills that wins at the end. I think I'm a little more encouraged about their playoff chances after this game because they were able to pull it out. And obviously the, the math says so. I, I know what you're saying, and you're not wrong about who the Bills are. I was still a little surprised that they had this in the in in the bag after what they did to the Cowboys. And I, I shouldn't be surprised because this is how the NFL goes. They're going like this for years, but still they were rolling. They had dominated Dallas. And this Chargers team with Easton Bleep and Stick you know, has no reason to hang with them. And I know, look, this is what happens when you you lose a turnover battle 3-0. But I was still a little surprised that this game was in the bag. And that's why, although I'm more encouraged about their playoff chances, after the Cowboys game, I was like, wow, this is is maybe a Super Bowl team. This is a team that go all the way. And they might still be that. But I got to back off of that after this game because, you know, the, the offense looks like, in this game at least, they weren't as confident, dominant, you know, successful, kind of struggled to get 24 points on the board. Defense make East, made Easton Stick look respectable. This doesn't feel like, to me, a team that I want to ride with the Super Bowl, even though it was just really one game. Yeah, you know, and the discussion after the, you know, the Cowboys game was, you know, you know Super Bowl playoff expectations. And now suddenly, you know, everybody was gifting them these two wins. And, oh, they're going to play for the division because we know the Dolphins are going to lose. We know that we're going to win these two games. Let, let's slow down. They still got to get to the playoffs. You know, they lose that Dolphins game. You know, the, the Bengals game helps, but they still need some help along the way. So I think we all just need to, you know, calm down and just wait until they get there. And then we'll see if, you know, Josh Allen can make some magic happen when, you know, he has three games to do so. That, that's what it'll be. You know, it, it's probably going to be, can you, can you handle your business next week? Can you, I, I'm, the Dolphins game to me kind of feels like a handle your business game. I just think the Bills are a better team, but we'll see. Um, but can you do the things we expect you to do when it matters to get into the playoffs? And then when you get to the playoffs, can you put together three really good games to get to the Super Bowl? And it's going to probably take three really good games too to, to make that happen. But those are all questions for for another day. You all set for tonight? We're done. I think we're good. Um, yeah, I, like Von Miller, he just keeps doing nothing. I almost Not, think it, there's no. You, if you want to bring that up, I'm going to be like, it's the same thing. Same well, whatever I said last week. Just like copy paste that into for this week. Here's the thing that I like. Do you want to try something, do them different and, you know, not really play him at all against the Patriots and hope that a week of rest gets him better because, you know, he showed some flashes against the chiefs. He had, he had a bye week before that. Maybe, I don't know, give him a little rest, you know, let Jonathan Kingsley run out against the Patriots. I don't know. Like, you know, Albert Einstein insanity, same thing over and over again. Like try something different. Maybe. There's no idea that's a bad idea with him because of how like unproductive he's been. But I don't I, I don't think you wanna I don't think they're gonna try anything that crazy because the, I just don't think there's like where's the upside? Like what like what what you know the guy seen, in his place does literally anything. Well, I mean, I guess that is the <laughs> that is the upside you're hoping for. The, I guess the better the better way to phrase it is what is the realistic upside? And realistically, we you know, in the same way we know who Gabe Davis is. We know who 2023 Von Miller is. And frankly, he's a shell of himself. You know, he'll be out there. He might command some attention because he's Von Miller. He occasionally will have a good push. But, you know, boy, that this is this is a guy that's like a reserve pass rusher at best right now. 
And I don't see how that changes anytime before next training camp. No, and you know, it's just worth pointing out. I did want to mention one thing. My day on Twitter slash X. Yeah. So um, when when Leonard Fournette got into the game to uh, to return a kickoff, so I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, yeah. we got Deontay. I Hardy. thought it was a good point. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he hasn't been great, but you know, Fournette hasn't returned a kick in his career. Like five minutes later, Deontay Hardy fumbles. So yeah. you know, <laughs> of course, people respond to that. Uh, later in the day, um, less less important, you know, uh, there were two guys that kind of came free on Easton Stick. He was able to, you know, avoid both of them. I tweet out, man, one of these times is going to be a big play. I think literally the very next play, it was the sack uh, by Rasul Douglas on third down. So there's that. And then the next one, this is probably the most funny. Um, uh, Alex Brasky of the Batalia Davy News uh, he tweets out that he hadn't heard someone get a sideline warning since the Class D Section 5 championship game, which nobody on this podcast should know what I'm talking about because it was one of – they're not listening. It was a really bad football game. There were 11 turnovers in that game, to which I replied, are we going to have a fumbleicious fourth quarter? The next snap is James Cook fumbling the ball. So I got crack, <laughs> crap on that too. So everything I said on Twitter came true, including – on the first drive of the game when I said that field goals aren't going to beat the bills and they tried to with five field goals, but they didn't. So yeah, everything. you know, that, that was a terrible field goal. Uh, it really first was drive of the game. You're five and nine, you're an interim coach and you're kicking threes from the two yard line against the bills. I mean, have some gumption, Jeff, Jeff Smith, but is it Jeff or Giff? I don't know. And uh, you know, if we want to go into dumb story time, um, SoFi stadium is terrible. Like, I just, I have no, no, I don't ever want to come back here. We have to come back here next year because the Bills play the Rams. But it's a bad vibe. They don't run the building well. And the one thing, the dumb thing that I tweeted about that irritated me and I couldn't stop hearing for the whole game was the public address announcer for the Chargers for all 60 minutes, for every snap, he only announced what the Chargers did on the play. It was like the Bills didn't exist. The Washington Generals get more respect in Globetrotter games than the Bills got in an NFL game against the Chargers. And it's not important for anything, but like you're in the NFL. This is legit like pro sports. And you're only announcing your own team like you're some stupid like Hickville high school and you're only pumping your own guys up. Like grow the heck up, Chargers. How do you run an organization like this? And I'll tell you, once I tweeted about it, AJ, every single play, I had it in my ears what the public address announcer was saying so I could hear every play that it was only the Chargers players that were announced. So so did the PA just not exist on like Bill's touchdowns because they couldn't say you know the what? Chargers did anything? That's exactly what happened. Gabe Davis scores the first touchdown and there was nothing. They, they, this is what you heard. You heard the tackler from the play before and then there was no announcements until they went to break and did like, Hey, Chargers fans, you can sign up for Tim Hortons if they get to, you know, whatever dumb ads they have in the game. That's what they did. Yeah, I mean, game game day uh, experience isn't one that, you know, the Bills thrive amongst the rest. But, hey, at least they announced the players for both teams. They are better than the Chargers. And I, I don't remember what the, the Rams game day experience was, but, you know, like when the Bills build their new stadium, ask the Rams guys what they did with SoFi, and then don't do any of that. Do everything the opposite way is what I would do including having fans in your stadium, which well, that, that's a whole different discussion. All right. We're done for the night. Um, thanks for everybody for watching and listening to Buffalo game day recap. Remember every week you can watch us on YouTube and on rosterfirst.com. Listen, wherever you get your podcasts next week, AJ and I will be, is it me and you? Yeah. yeah. We're doing it, right. Yeah, we're, me and AJ will Let's be 
uh, Bills Patriots. It is a rare and um, endangered species, a one o'clock game next week. So very excited for that. Um, we will talk about the Bills penultimate game of the season. For everybody watching and listening, hope you have a great holiday. Stay safe. Enjoy it. Bills fans, enjoy the win. Wasn't pretty, but you got your W so you can wrap your presents in happiness uh, over the weekend. We'll talk to you from next week. For AJM Thad, thanks for watching and listening to Buffalo Gander Reason.